0: Well, welcome back. This is Cynthia Borsellino with Beloved Unveiled, where we share stories and talk about how God unveils himself to us on a daily basis. And today I have my special guest and friend who we've had on before, Miss Andrea. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me back. I'm so glad to have you back. We haven't talked in a while and you started a new job. How's that going for you? It's awesome. I love working with the cops. (laughs) She's working with the cops. And we won't say where, but anyway. No, it's fun,
1: yeah. Yeah. But working with survivors is amazing. I love helping people uh, work through crisis. So,
0: yeah, it's been a good year. You have such a heart for that because you carry God's heart, you know. I've known Andrea for many years. I'm trying to think of how long. It's been very long, but anyway i thought we'd get together and kind of share some more god story because i know you have plenty of them and so having you back i thought like i'd like to catch up i said why not just do it on the podcast and we can catch up i love it sure so so how is you know even working with your new job what kind of adventures and stories that god has showed up for you and revealed more about who he is during this season of your life
1: it's a great question In my job, it's been really just trusting that whatever I'm going into, that he's going to be there with me. I think in crisis response, you know, it's like I could be at dinner with friends and when I'm on call, I'm walking into some, I guess you would say when you get a call where like there's a fatality and a wreck and the family's waiting for you to show up and help them through a crisis that some people are like, oh my gosh, how do you do that? But after you start, after you do it for a while, you get used to it, and it becomes—I don't know—you start integrating it a little faster. And and for me, it, now <laughs> it's actually a little weird that it's like no big deal. Like I'll get a call, oh hey, we've got a fatality. You know, it's like that just becomes kind of the job, which has actually been kind of weird. But but I think in that I've learned to just trust that the Lord's going to show up with me. I think anybody that works in social work or any kind of survivor work, crisis response, I mean, you have to... I mean, it's a professional skill to learn how to compartmentalize other people's hard situations and not take them on as your own. So you don't take it on as secondary trauma either, right? Right. I know. That's, for me, that's taken a long time for me to have as a skill but I've gotten pretty good at it. I'm I'm about five years strong and kind of doing social work professionally. And that's, I've changed a lot since I started. But for me now, it's like, yeah, I just trust that the Lord's going to bring to mind whatever training I need or whatever in the moment. And just to give me literally like the strength of heart to be in whatever atmosphere I'm going to be in.
0: I think since I've known you, I feel like you know, even in the situation that we got to know each other pretty deeply was through crises. Right. And it seems like God puts you in that place. And I think He will bring us to those places where we will experience His strength in a way that kind of matures us in a way, you know, Mm -hmm. makes us relying on Him, trusting Him. But it can be exciting, it can be scary, it can be... You know, were there moments for you that were, like, you probably just even start doing it, like, you don't even know who these people are. You don't even know how they're going to respond to you, right? And yet, there seems to be a favor that God places on your life where you do have the ability to be there for others in a way that probably brings them comfort or even just some security.
1: Yeah, every, every family I've worked with has been so different. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you walk into a situation and you don't have a connection. Um, and you have to be okay with that. Everybody responds to trauma and crisis differently. And that's also been something, I think, that where I've grown, it's like, you know, that person doesn't have to attach to me or, like, think They don't that, have
0: to like you. Yeah, even
1: even <laughs> yeah. like me. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't um, I don't take that personally anymore. It's really easy for me to kind of come in, assess, and then match them with whatever resources or whatever's needed. But also, I mean, when you work within law enforcement, it's really challenging. Like, you don't have a lot of leeway. You can't do a lot of the things that you would think you need to do in the moment. I mean, there is a lot we can do, but there's also, it's a very narrow response in crisis. And so I've also learned how to stay in my lane and not I presume to try to be more than I should be and that's been healthy for me um to pull back and and just recognize like okay like I this is where my job ends and you know if you need this you have to call this person or let me explain to you how this works you know depending on the situation that piece of just trusting the systems and like being okay with whatever part you are of the system that's also been a learning curve it's just for one me.
0: piece yeah. yeah
1: it's humbling it's challenging at times it can be actually super frustrating when another part of the system doesn't do their part or or you realize wow there's a huge gap in our system response um and then sometimes you'll find an organization where you're just like oh my gosh i never knew these guys existed i've met a crew recently That helps with their main priority is when there's like a structure fire, they can come and help like board up windows and take care of situations and stuff. And and those guys, we've actually had a couple of drive by situations where um, people needed kind of the same services, but it wasn't a structure fire. And those guys, you know, it was like I was thinking, wow, what resources, especially in the neighborhood I work in, you know, who's going to help with this? I have no idea. And then those You know, It's like you call a crew and they have your back and help a client that's really in need. That kind of stuff becomes amazing where you have a partner you can call in a time of need. So for me, yeah, I think when I first started five years ago professionally in social work, it was very micro. It was, you know, life on life. I was basically like a foster parent in a group home. And now in law enforcement, it's very macro. It's like way less... Um, time with my clients and more about understanding within a community like whose job is what and how can I get my clients needs met through the right team and figuring out all those players and building relationships with them so that that
0: part has actually been really cool to very very educational as far as like systems response so do you did you ever have a sense that you would be doing what you're doing today from maybe even 10 years ago no
1: no, I, I'm sure there's people in the world
0: that have lots of clarity like that, but no, I was not one of those people. <laughs> so you're like, what? Like you never never even imagined. How has God, like, what has He shown you about who He is with you in this time? Yeah. You know? Well, for
1: sure, I mean, I'm not even a shadow of who I was 20 years ago so I just had no idea what was possible (laughs) yeah um so I mean that question's kind of funny for someone like me I think working through my own story has drastically changed what I thought was possible I mean my own family we had domestic violence stuff and now to even recognize that I'm a survivor and have worked through my own stuff I've had I have my own sexual assault stories and I think when you kind of take ownership of that and know that, oh, wow, like now that I've actually owned all of that, when I show up on in different scenarios, especially on a sexual assault case or a domestic violence case, it is different for me. And because I've worked with survivors in the past, I have no doubt that those parts of my story um, allow me to carry empathy in a way that I'm sure other people wouldn't be able to.
0: So when you say that you owned up to it, what... What does that mean for you?
1: Um, to be honest. Until I got into gr- my graduate work, I didn't. I didn't even know I was a sexual assault victim. Um, and so, sometimes education actually helps you realize things that you've suppressed. Or it's like you know the whole idea of when sexual assault happens, you blame yourself. Like I didn't really understand how easy it is to walk in that. And especially if it happens when you're a grown adult or or where you were responsible at something, maybe you had too much to drink or, like, most, especially adult women, internalize that and don't even report. And that is so weird. And I think I was just so empowered in my life, like, when that happened that I just thought, you know, I just made some bad choices. And, yeah, I guess, da-da-da-da-da. But, like, when I went... To therapy and told my therapist what happened, she was like, excuse me? (laughs) I'm sorry, what? What was that story again? How could you not think that that was sexual assault? And I'm going like... And I had a list of excuses of like, this this is what I did wrong, this is da-da-da-da-da. And she was just like, yeah, but that still does not make it okay. For someone, you know, it's like, you had a choice and it was violated. And I'm like, wow. How have I like... Not <laughs> been
0: aware of this. I mean, it was kind of embarrassing because our society has has really taught us to be like that. You it know, was, to excuse it, yeah, you know, or to blame ourselves that we're the you know we're the ones that chose that. And sure,
1: well, it was our
0: fault for everything under the sun. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's a that was a painful, painful reality of thinking that. I mean, for as long as I had done that, I mean, it had been like six years suppressed for me. And I think um, having clarity about that, one was a little bit horrifying. That I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm my client." <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. that's that can be very yeah uh, disorienting. But then, but what a huge relief, right? When I when she finally mirrored back and um, was like, "Hey, that's yeah, that wow." So it's like you have self compassion, like. For all the times when... Until you, like, really need it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, what? Uh, Yeah, I think you're right. I think I did not have self-compassion in this moment. Because I totally... I think shame just is a liar. I mean, it just makes you think that everything's your fault. And so... Anyway. Once I... Shame and
0: blame. Yeah. Is the game. (laughs) It was...
1: Yeah. I think it was very disorienting to be honest about that stuff, mm-hmm. um, but also very helpful because once I um, took ownership of that and was able to, yeah, like stop blaming myself and be honest about, you know, who was actually responsible for the violation, there was a huge load that came off of me. And I can, I mean, looking back, I can relate to that to like physical illness and plenty of other things that were going on that I didn't really know were under the surface. And for sure, working through that process myself, that's what I would say is ownership is like, oh my gosh, I was a victim and now I'm a survivor. And I've had to, you know, look at myself in the mirror and talk through that whole process. And um, when you have the courage to do that, it's a lot easier to walk someone else through it. And it's a lot easier to be patient with someone when they're in the midst of the process. Um, I'm thankful. I mean, I I don't, you know, I don't think anyone wants anyone else to go through things like that. But even now, I'm I'm thankful that I was able to work through my healing process so that I can have grace for other people. It's definitely shown me I mean, like all the classes I took this year, working with right. um, within law enforcement and understanding kind of the process of why it's so hard for people to report. It's just a lot easier to be patient. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard when it's someone you trust or trusted, you know, until it happens, and, or you had
0: you cared about them even. Yeah, you know?
1: when you already had an attachment, or there, it's good and bad. It's hard to just write people off or set hard boundaries. Especially if you're financially dependent on them, or, or they're the parents of your children, or yeah, it's it becomes very complicated. So for sure, that process has um, it's been very educational for me.
0: It seems like why you know I can I can definitely see why God would have you in the position you're in today, because you do have the empathy when you're around. You know, when especially during crisis moments too, that you're not quick to shame another person again you know like or um agree with what's we've been taught in society even in that whole shame game yeah it's so exciting though to see even if, you know and we've talked some in the in the past we've had you on before but um where you've been on here before talking with us with me i should say dave's here that's why i say us but <laughs> <laughs> you know, i'm still gonna get dave on too but Anyway, I'm just to hear, you know, like the journey that it takes. It's a journey, it, and it doesn't happen overnight. And it's nothing where we can say, "Oh, so there's certain things I can even see in my life coming through the music I did too." Where I can say, "God met me in this place," but it wasn't until like years, a few years later, I'm like, "Wow, I'm totally not that person anymore," <laughs> you know. Sure. You know where I'd want to run. You know, if anything got too stressful, now I can stay in it and I can process through and. I can look at things a little differently, and I always think it's about me. You're right, you know. And when you're with people who that's still happening, you have a lot more empathy and compassion for because you've come through it. But I'm so glad, you know. I'm grateful that you're doing. I'm so excited about the work you're doing. Thank you. you, know, you. To degree, just hearing more about it, and
1: and uh, yeah. uh, I actually do. I'm not sure how much longer I'll be in it. Actually, so it's. For me I'm getting to the point where I'm like wow I think my season is shifting and that'll be interesting. I think I'll always do work with survivors but I may switch gears professionally soon. So wow. Yeah.
0: I want to hear more about that. Yeah.
1: It's um uh, Austin's become such an interesting area to um thrive and have the life you want and so yes. I may pull back from social work in order to just provide better for myself yeah don't make a whole lot of money in social work it's i know i know i love i love the work regard. so mm-hmm. i may continue to volunteer and be in those yeah. spaces but i think it'll be more pro bono than anything so what yeah. about
0: your music how's your music
1: um that's a great question it is always behind the scenes
0: yeah <laughs> understand yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah mostly to help me process life yeah right now it's mostly just a hobby
0: um, to keep me grounded. Yeah, it's kind of same here. I've written a couple new pieces. Oh, cool. I'm putting down, but but usually it's the moment of where I'm, what's going on, Lord? <laughs> and then I'll put little, the, one that's of those cool. fix it, fixing my eyes on you. Mm-hmm. Where he keeps telling me like, well, you are looking over here. Why aren't you looking here <laughs> at him? And that's that whole trust issue, you know, and trying to take care of something or fix something in my own environment here that it's not for me to do, you know, pray, love, trust. So, yeah, it's been a little, so it's usually in those moments. that I, you know, I want to spend more time in that because that is is probably the place where I feel the closest to him too, you know, to the Lord. Yeah, for me, that's, my husband is out on the golf course. You know, he likes walking or out on the golf course, but if he's out there, he really can hear he feels like it's better for him, but so other people have other ways, and so I want, and I really want to encourage people to find what what is it that you can tap into God's presence where you're there with Him, and you know that He is, and you get more direction. You know, you get more clarity. Yeah, that's huge.
1: I was just talking to some friends about when I'm in the shower. That's like my best processing time. <laughs> and the other day, I I had something happen where it was like an old old memory. I just had an interaction with a person I've had to kind of cut out of my life and ran into them and had a weird encounter where it kind of rattled me more than I wanted to admit and I was frustrated just felt like man like I'm off my game I don't I don't know what's happening here I don't know why that bothered me so much you know I thought we had moved on and talking to the Lord about that and and I it was like I wanted him to address the situation and he <laughs> Instead of, like, talking about, I don't know, he kind of let me vent and talk through my own stuff, and then he just stopped. And I, I and I was kind of like, don't you have any feedback? <laughs> and he, um, it was like a garden opened up, and I could see a bunch of flowers in a field. And he did, he just said, just keep blooming, babe. That's awesome. And it was like, the world stopped for a second, and he was just like, can you just stop? focusing on the wrong things, or just, hey, maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, maybe you just need to take a breath and keep moving forward. And it's weird when you have, like, a parent relationship with the Lord, how simple comments like that can be super Mm -hmm. grounding. Because it's like, He knows your whole story inside and out. He's been with you through every season. And yeah, for me, I'm like, that's... It's very grounding when literally like the author of your story is just like, Babe, you're fine. Just keep blooming.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think we're I'm gonna leave that with our listeners too to say, Yeah, maybe y'all need to just keep blooming. Don't be so hard on yourself, right? You know, or looking at situations like you're still blooming, you're still growing, you're still developing and it's just part of maturing. And you know, it's just just and you don't beautiful. have to like
1: <laughs> flowers. Don't have to tend to other things. No. They don't have to, like they are not really in charge of much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the huge in the relief. the whole
0: universe, things. Yeah, we're like one little, <laughs> one little beautiful flower there, right? So let us bloom. It's just like we're planted. That's the whole thing.
1: Focus yeah. on your job. Yes. And what you're in charge of, and I'm like blooming. Yeah, it's
0: very narrow. <laughs> I love it, love it, love it. I'm so grateful that you came in and was able to have this conversation. I know, it's great to catch up. I love it. We'll catch up again and have you back again. And I want to thank my listeners for um, listening in. And love for you to be a part of the conversation, though. You're welcome to email me at BelovedUnveiled at ProtonMail.com. BelovedUnveiled at ProtonMail.com. Please reach out. Talk to you all soon.